Welcome to the Convey Culture Podcast, where we delve into the vibrant tapestry of generations Alpha, Z, and Millennials. We're here to amplify their voices, break down barriers, and shatter stereotypes. Get ready to explore the fascinating world of culture and identity and discover the true impact it has on our lives. Join us on this captivating journey. This is the Convey Culture Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Convey Culture Podcast. It is my absolute honor to have Amir with me today. When I first met Amir, I remember thinking how impressed I was that someone at his age had this huge amount of self-awareness, had this great understanding of how he wanted to move in the world, but also this wonderful understanding of where he wanted to go in the future and how to kind of utilize tools around him and also an incredible leader at your age. And I'm sure at any age, you'll continue to be an incredible leader. So the first one of the first people I thought of when I wanted to do the podcast was having you on because I think you just have a really unique story and experience as a member of the Gen Z generation. So thank you so much for joining the podcast. Of course. Yeah. Now I'm honored to be one of the first. Um, and I really appreciate the kind words. You gave me a lot of confidence when you said stuff like that, you know, back when I was I think 19 or something like that. <laughs> It's all true, so it makes it really easy to say. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, I want you to be able to tell your own story and who you are. So one of my first questions is just really getting to know you. So how do you identify in terms of culture, race, ethnicity, and do you feel closely connected to your culture? 100%, yeah. Um, I identify as Palestinian, um, Palestinian-American, if you will. Um, and I feel like as a Palestinian, you don't, you don't really have a choice but to feel strongly connected to your cultural identity. Um, always growing up in living rooms with the news on, always keyed into any you know any flare ups in the occupation. Always hearing your your like adults arguing about things like that. And to be honest with you, that kind of makes made me grow up like almost being the type of person to be like, Oh, I, I hate politics. Like, I don't really want to get into that. But, um, being Palestinian, as you get older, you start to realize how much of a privilege it is to have that kind of perspective. Um, and yeah, that kind of idea gets you to be like, feel really strongly with your cultural identity. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent Palestinian through and through. <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like when you're of any culture and you kind of have this span where people, when they first see you, what they assume your culture is, and then you have to kind of reinforce that. I even find that as a black person, I'm like, oh, let me educate you. I'm actually Afro-Latina in here. Do you mm-hmm. find a lot you're having to reinforce what your culture is and who you are? Um, yeah. Um, I think maybe not reinforce, but like re-explain like what it means. Um, I think, you know, being Palestinian, there's a lot of layers to it. There's a lot of history that, you know, to be honest with you, isn't taught to people um, here in America, at least. So um, a lot of times when people ask me like about Palestine, like, do you have family in Palestine? You know, X, Y, Z, like there's a, there's a lot of backstory that goes behind that. So that's what I end up having to do um, fairly often if people are interested. (laughs) I'm interested. So I would love, I know we, you've told me some really great stories about your family and just cultural experience that you have. Do you have one that you're comfortable sharing? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I have probably 
Plenty. Um, not sure <laughs> which one. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it to a in this realm of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my mom and I, since I was about sixteen, we volunteered with the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, um, and incredibly gratifying experience. Um, it was great for me, like career wise. You know, wanting to be in a communications marketing space, um, and. First of all, what the Palestine Children's Relief Fund does is um, raises money to revitalize the health sector in occupied Palestine. And another thing that they do is they take war injured children from Palestine um, to America to get the medical attention that they need. Um, Often that's like prosthetics or certain procedures that they can't get over there quite yet. And then, um, you know, make sure they're all set and they can live the rest of their lives comfortably and send them back, send them back home. Um, so that's kind of where the fundraising goes towards. Um, and we are just the Portland chapter having events and stuff like that. Um, but we did have um, a, a kid. He came at 14. To, um, he he uh, unfortunately hit him and his family were involved in a bombing and he lost, I believe, his left leg. Um, so what he needed was a prosthetic. Um, he came and got that at 14 and came and got resized for it at 16. Um, so I was really able to almost like get close to him. And he just gave me like so much perspective as to this at 14. I thought he was 18 at 16. He could have been 22. He was just had to, he was just with everything that he's been through. He was just so strong. And so you could say like opinionated and like almost unapologetic that it made me kind of realize almost like the privileges that I have growing up here and, you know, the sheltering, um, for him to, to be honest with you, to come to America by himself and live with these random people to get his prosthetics and be totally cool about it. Um, and yeah, it's just, it was definitely gratifying eye opening experience that made me feel a little bit more connected to my cultural identity. So this is why when I opened, I said how impressed I was by you because this is what I think is the difference. Gen Z gets so much crap. I really do think they get a lot of crap about who they are and they don't show up for work and these things. But then you hear these incredible stories about things that Gen Z is doing at your age and making an impact and how they see the world differently. And I think, thank you for sharing that because I do think your whole generation gets a bad rap on that piece too. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Um <laughs> Yeah, I'm a I'm a busybody, so I always try to keep involved in something, um, and that's something I've been involved in for a while. Um, it's it, it's fun. I like fundraising, event planning, stuff like that, and of course, it's for a great cause that I feel strongly connected to. It is, and I do feel like your generation does a lot more in kind of driving cultural change and shaping the future of society in a way that. I'm a millennial and I think we started to do that, but it felt like we didn't make it as much progress, but I'm seeing your generation like, no, actually we're taking us to the next level. How do you see your generation making change? Um, in, in many ways, but I think, you know, with the tools that we've, we've grown up with um, yeah. social media being the obvious big one, um, it kind of just like lifts the mask on everything and lifts the map like the kind of like the mystique behind everything i kind of feel like you know maybe millennials a little bit less but generations before before that they kind of grew up with almost like a belief that you know any any person of influence is in that position for a reason and like they are highly qualified they're always making the right decisions 
things like that. Like there was just kind of a mask behind things, but with social media, like all this information that we have um, and just constant access, the, the mystique behind like, like even like the president or something like that kind is kind of gone. So in, you know, there's, you, you can't fix a problem until you identify it. Um, so what our generation is super quick in, at doing is identifying problems. Um, and that of course is step one. Um, but yeah, like I, like I was saying, like there's a lot of steps to make it. Yeah. To make it, to I make love it. that because I do see that in your generation. Like even what you saw in Tennessee a few, I mean, a few months ago, but you're right. Historically, something like that had happened in Tennessee with elected officials and they got pulled out for protesting, honestly, about gun rights. You would have seen protecting children. You would have never heard about it, right? But now social media, it allows for transparency. And I, this is my own agenda, but I do feel like part of the push against social media is because of that, because you can't, you don't get to hide in the same way that you could, I think, previous to that. Mm-hmm. There's, there's less of a Wizard of Oz effect about politics now that you're saying them before exactly and it's not even just politics it's everything like we'll never have another michael jackson you know what i mean we never we never will because we'll never see a human as so like you know you know godly just because there's so much there's so much uh access now so um yeah I I definitely agree. I think celebrity is going to mean a different thing, especially even what we're seeing in with AI and some of the advances in marketing. I don't even think we'll have CMO gods like we used to either. I think it'll start shifting a little bit because, you know, I'd be like, oh, he's the CMO or they're the CMO. I think you'll see some of that shift. Yeah, you'll you'll be able to go on LinkedIn and see how we got there and be like, oh, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) I'll figure that out. I can get there. No, I don't. I do think, so you and I are both in marketing and I feel like we both sat at the table when brands come and they describe something, they're like, I want to reach a multicultural Gen Z audience. Or I wanna, <laughs> and to hear them describe your culture back to you, even for me, like when I hear my, I'm like, Ooh, that is like 90% stereotypes. Where are you getting this information from? I always have this <laughs> moment of like cringe when I hear brands talk about how to do it. How do you, what advice would you give to brands and marketers who are trying to reach your age group also, but also your culture authentically? um where i where i cringe is i mean i think the number one you know gen z insight for all brands for the last like decade at this point um is that gen z like to see their values um you know mirrored in their in their brands um but you know sometimes i cringe because gen z is also really smart we can see through a lot of you know like shallow campaigns and things like that um, so I guess like what my advice would be would to be like, instead of making, instead of making a campaign centered around women's rights, because you believe that Gen Z will resonate with that, you know, it, it's a lot, it's a lot more impactful, impactful and a lot less shallow for it to be the brand's mission. Like instead of the campaign's mission to be the brand's mission is kind of the distinction there. Um, and it's, like I said, it's a distinction that, you know, the consumer, Gen Z consumer can see. Um, so, you know, you might throw a video out there that's super well-produced and super amazing and it gets a lot of, um, just a lot of good press, but it's not really going to last if it's, if it's just one campaign, it's really got to be like a brand mission. I, that resonates with me so much because even as someone who's not in your generation, I feel like you can tell when it's inauthentic or already we're seeing all these big DE&I promises that were made start to roll back. 
And I go, maybe we don't care about this. Maybe. And so it's, it, you can feel the inauthenticity with a brand or when they're off base or when they mess up. I'm like, just say you messed up. Just say you messed up and make it right. Like whatever this is, is really odd and uncomfortable. And no one likes that. Yeah. What sure. role? So, go ahead. I was going to say, you just got to fall on the sword. You do. Just, I, it, I made a mistake. <laughs> so I had to try to dabble in at least every, almost most of the big social media platforms, but the one I found most addicting by far, and I know like addicting is a bad thing, but TikTok, because I can just sit there and it's like scrolling through a TV. Like it, I love it. But I do find, I'm surprised at how little, I thought I'd be more influenced to purchase things on TikTok. And sometimes I am, sometimes it's interesting the relationship you have to those. How much does social media do you feel like influence you? but also influence you to purchase things and buy things. Um, <laughs> you know, you told me to bring my authentic self to this. <laughs> and my authentic self is, is cheap. So yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how much I purchase based off of TikTok, but I have a lot of friends that, um, that really do that really purchase like a lot of their clothes because they saw it on either often Instagram or TikTok. Um, the TikTok algorithm is so calculated to the point to where like I have friends who are, who are nurses and every other ad they get is for, for like a, a scrub company. Right. And all the different collections that they get, they're always getting ads for it. Um, so I think, I think social media and like almost like, what do we call it? Like influencer marketing in a way is kind of how that influence comes. It's just like, you, you can go out there into the real world and see like, Oh, people are wearing this kind of stuff. So it's cool. Let me go get it. But when it's on, when you're in bed and you can look on Instagram and be like, Oh, people are wearing this stuff. It's cool. I can get it right now. That's kind of like the difference there. That um, immediate yeah. satisfaction you get to from like, the, yeah, it's, I think, what's fascinating about social media that I am finding just from a culture perspective is how much everyone's just mimicking each other. Like there's things that I'd see that potentially would belong to one cultural group. And I see it on TikTok and then you watch it like three months later and everyone's making the same hand gesture and making the same statement. So I do wonder what the impact will be on culture. Like will we dull down our culture by how we're experienced? Like I'm curious what, what we'll think about social media 10 years from now and what we feel about it. <laughs> Man, I mean, we'll we'll never know, right? But one thing that I think will happen is just it's just going to travel so much faster. I just mm -hmm. think that you know there was always like slang, like that you know the East Coast or the South used that eventually made it out here to where I live in Portland. Um, but I I watched words that my cousins use in Austin end up yeah. you know like in my in my friend group three years later, right? I think now that time is a lot shorter i just think that things like that are going to travel hand gestures work slang all that kind of stuff much faster i think you're right about that because i'm seeing it happen so much quicker where i'm like that was just this and then you're seeing it cross over all right so we'll get into some rapid fire questions and you can answer them quick or you can add we'll go through a few of them but at right. first if you could work for any brand work with any brand you don't have to quit your job if you want to work with any brand who would it be and why Man, um, who would I work with a brand? I would probably work, I'd probably work with a nonprofit. That's kind of always been my thing. Um, um, 
is trying to make it to to the nonprofit world and squeeze my way in there. Um, I just think that, you know, I mean, working for marketing for a brand is fun, right? But it's, it's almost um, like you're just kind of doing the same thing for every brand and just trying to increase increase revenue. But for a nonprofit, there's obviously the higher purpose, but there's just a different kind of set of, of tools that, that are at your disposal. Um, and I think it'll just be, I've obviously had the experience from um, what I volunteered with since I was 16. Okay. So that's kind of the direction I would love, I would love to go in as far as a specific one. I'm not totally sure. Um, yeah. Obviously there are causes that I feel strongly about, but maybe I but should do that. Still, it may be your own brand. How about that? that there we go. All right. One celebrity you want to collaborate with and one you want to get advice from. <laughs> um, I would love to collaborate with LeBron just because I want to meet LeBron. <laughs> I just think you just want a reason. That's a good one though. Yeah, pretty much. I would love to meet LeBron. Um, and then I would love to get advice from, from someone like Trevor Noah. I really like Trevor Noah. I've watched a lot of Trevor Noah interviews, very educated, like worldly. Um, just he's a, he's a good dude. And I would love to kind of go out to dinner with him and just pick his brain. That's a good one. I started. I started to say a com- either Jay Z or LeBron because I feel like Jay Z's business sense is just insane. So I'd be curious, like how his pieces. But mm-hmm. Trevor Noah is another one that I would be. I have to pick Michelle Obama because that. Would be, <laughs> of like, course. What are you doing? All right. What are the least? What are the least likely three words someone would use to describe you? Least likely. Oh man, so now. I feel like this is a fun way to compliment myself. I feel right, like do it, do it. <laughs> I'll start with, I feel like nobody would really describe me as loud. Um, I've been described as soft-spoken and, um, you know, I, I'm, I can definitely be extroverted, but I don't think I'm a very loud person. So maybe, maybe that one. Um, nobody could describe me as lazy. Like I said earlier, like I'm a busy body. Like I, I always keep involved in something. So no one can ever describe me as lazy. I'll make, I'll make sure of that. Um, and a third one. Okay, fine. I'll say it. Nobody can describe me as boring. All right. I'm, I'm not, a, I, like it. I feel like I, like it. I feel like I can, I can uh, make people laugh live in a room up. I'm not the most, boring person ever so hopefully that i don't get that one i'll back you <laughs> up on all three of those i'll back you up i, I agree <laughs> i appreciate it what are your favorite content sources it can be social media it can be streaming services it can be a website what are your favorite content sources um well to be completely honest my my favorite type of content is like basketball and hip-hop content that's just my my hobbies um and i get pretty much all of that from Twitter and YouTube, um, whether it's, you know, new music to come out or, you know, stats um, on Twitter. And then like I was saying with Trevor Noah, I watch a lot of like long form interviews on YouTube and there's a lot of knowledge behind those. Um, so that's, that's really where I get a lot of my content. Yeah. I feel like YouTube is the one I'm shocked at how much time and how much information I rely on YouTube for it, it surprises me actually when you think when you see your content consumption about how much on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too right. uh, and then next, we talked about this a little bit. Actually, I'm going to ask you a different question. Okay. Lakers or Warriors for this next round? Who's going to go ahead? Um, I'm the biggest Warriors hater you'll ever meet because oh, right. because Blazers. I'm a Blazers fan and 
it hasn't been fun in the last eight years. Um, so I'm going to go fully, fully Lakers. LeBron and Lakers. And who will take it all, do you think? Who's going to win it all? Um, I think whoever comes out of the East. I, I don't I, think I, the East? You don't yeah. think the Lakers will? Yeah. I don't think the Lakers or the Nuggets are going to come out or are going to come out on top. No, they try. I, I, uh, all right. You have $300 to spend on something selfish. You cannot donate this to a cause. It has to be something you go out and buy that's just fun and ridiculous. What are you buying? I like this question because, like I said, I'm cheap, but it's a free $300. <laughs> it's free money. Go spend it. Um, I'd probably get a pair of Jordans because I've worked with the Jordan brand, but I've never owned a pair of Jordans in my life. I was not that like middle school kid that had like 12, 12 of them um, and stuff. I don't know. I've just never spent a lot of money on clothes and $200, $300 on a pair of shoes. Sounds ridiculous. So, I know. Mir, you're in Portland. We know people. We can get you your first pair of Jordans. Like, we didn't know what size. I'm going to call someone like, I'm going to need a pair of Jordans. This is what he's doing. I love I'm, that. I did not own my first pair of Jordans until I was 30. Same. Because I growing up in Portland, they, Jordan was cool, but it felt like you get Nike so easily that I was like, eh, you know. And so I actually like Dunks a little bit more than Jordans. I think. So that's funny. Like, yeah. I didn't own my first pair until 30. Yeah. It's, I, I just want one. Just one. <laughs> yeah. Any specific ones? Fours, Jordan fours. Fours. Well, that's why you've been waiting. Well, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Anything I shouldn't, I didn't ask you that you want to share. Anything cool that you're like, hey, you should ask me this about my culture. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'll use this time to plug myself. So, um, <laughs> do it. Go for follow it. Me on Instagram, Amir underscore Safadi twelve. Um, like I said, I always got something going on. So, um, you do. I'm not, you I'm not do. the most boring follow. I'm not boring. You are not. Amir, I know you have an incredible future ahead of you, so I'll continue to follow and see where you're up to and see what you're doing, because I think you're going to be one of those people that, you know, has a big impact on the world. So thank you so much for joining me. I feel like you were an excellent representation of not only your culture, but also your generation. You made them all proud. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. No, this was a ton of fun. I appreciate it, Bianca. Thank you.